Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Big thank you and shout out to After Dark the Band. They are fantastic and you can find them on Spotify. If you loved the music in the 90s and they make you feel wholesome and happy, then you're going to love After Dark. They're such a great find. So I highly recommend going to uh, Spotify.com or whatever and looking for After Dark. They'll be the one with the trippy cover and the song Colors. Hello and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the lovely Sarah Feinstein. I realize that her name is very similar to mine. And I just wanted to know, how are you today, Sarah? I'm doing great. That's happy fan- to be here. I'm happy to have you here. I've actually been very excited to have this. Um, she's all the way in India, so we're 12 and a half hours apart, which is really interesting. So, uh, So scheduling was... I wouldn't say that it was challenging, but interesting, I think, because, you know, she had to choose something at night or, you know, and it it was interesting. So um, your story of how you got to India is pretty interesting from what I understand. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about pre-India? What did your life look like pre-India? Yeah, that's a great question. So I feel like pre-India, there was like a couple stages. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Vancouver and kind of like grew up in like a bit of a suburb there. You were born in Vancouver? Yeah. Well, I was born in Vancouver and like actually grew up mostly in Richmond. Oh my gosh. I'm, I spent, I spent 10 years in Coquitlam. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Look at that. Okay. Sorry. I got really excited. Go ahead. No, no. (laughs) Steveston Village girl, you know, that little area of Richmond. Anyway, (laughs) so I spent, uh, my, I, I grew up there and was like a, like, typical like little weird art kid student and so I feel like I was a little bit like different from like the beginning Mm -hmm. and um so something that kind of like weaves in so my aunt she in the 70s she was like part of like some of the last people that went on the hippie trail and that was this like journey overland journey from I think it was like Turkey and like Greece all the way through like Iran Afghanistan Pakistan into India Okay, And so she did that in the 70s and she would always like come back like every like five years, seven years and like bring little trinkets. And so even though I never saw her much, I feel like it sparked like in a weird way, this kind of like obsession with like India is like this like really magical place that like my aunt lived in. Okay, so so she she continued to live there. She continued to live there. So I feel like it's like worth mentioning because that's kind of... Oh no, oh no, we've lost sound, we've lost sound. Can you wiggle your headphones a little? In your, in the cord? Oh no. Really? I can hear oh, you oh, perfectly. There we go. We've got, we've got it back. We've got it back. Okay. I don't know why. Okay. So, um, so um, the last thing that I heard was you saying that she lived there. Okay. So she, she lived there and she wasn't around, you know, growing up much, but uh, she did when she came, she'd bring these cool little gifts and that kind of like sparked, um, sparked this thing to the point where it's funny, like I have these like weird memories. Like I remember one time when I was like seven years old and this is why I say I was like a bit of like a weird kid. (laughs) Um, I like one day without knowing that much about India, like drew a bindi on my forehead, which is like the little um, dots often between Mm -hmm. the eyes. And um, I went to school with it and people are like, what are you doing? Like, why do you have that on your face? And I'm like, I'm going to go visit my aunt in India. 
not. You're lying. And it's so funny. Like, I don't know why I said that. And I don't know um, where that came from. But uh, but anyway, so therefore, like this, the seed of, of India and being this place was yep. early on. So anyway, I grew up in Vancouver. Um, and then when I turned 18, I went to uh, University of Victoria and I studied fine arts there. Oh, okay. And yeah, so I spent a couple years there. And then from there, I actually transferred to Toronto. I went to OCAD University. I had been doing a degree in photography, which I loved, but there was just like something inside me that said, I don't know if this is right for you. I don't know if like there'll be enough like freedom if you just stick with photography and like the, I'd been kind of like doing some designy things and like taking mm-hmm. a couple like digital media courses. And I was like, maybe there's something here. It feels like there might be a lot more flexibility. So I transferred yeah. to Toronto to do a degree in graphic design. Okay. And, uh, so I was in, yeah. So I was in Toronto and going to OCAD and I loved it, but it was also so freaking hard, man. Like they, they tell you at school, like they try and structure it like a job almost um, where it's like quick turnarounds for work. Like it felt like so much time was spent like doing homework and, and all of this and feeling stressed so much of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember having so many moments where I was like, this can't be it right like is this what life is going to be like like in some and like I feel like there'd be times where we like get to school and people would be bragging like oh I spent like I was up to like 3 a.m it's like well you know like I haven't slept for two days like trying to get this done and and I remember like at that moment being like this seems crazy but I also Mm -hmm. feel like I don't know anything else and like sure like this is what I should want right like I'm gonna get this degree and then I'm gonna like work for an agency in Toronto like making cool design stuff and like you know like live in the city and like I like had all of these ideas that like sounded really cool and like I thought that was what I wanted but then like on the other end of it I felt like I was like actually pretty anxious and it like that like situation, like it totally didn't work for my nervous mm-hmm. system. I felt like stressed all of the time and, and there's just something that wasn't aligned. And after a couple years of my degree there, I had to take a year off because um, I had to go and um, essentially work a bit more to pay for like the second portion of my schooling. I wasn't at that point like mm-hmm. eligible for student loans yet. So I'd like had a credit line. I filled it all up and I'm like, okay, if I want to go back to school, I need to like, you know, pay what this now? Now. Yeah. Um, So, so I did that and then I paid it back. And then, so I'm in my third year university and that winter um, there comes an opportunity. My dad's like, I'm going to go visit your aunt in India, like your mom can't come. Like, do you want to come with me? Oh, nice. Finally, like, yes. Like I absolutely like my aunt had told me actually, like, you know, when you graduate, like, you know, part of your graduation gift, like come to India, like come check things out. And I was like, fine. Like, yes, like this is the time. And so we went and we went and spent five weeks there. And for the first few weeks, it was kind of like, touring around and and checking things out and one day on the train and it's funny because even though my aunt had like lived in India for years I actually didn't really even know why she was there and I know (laughs) I I feel like it's something 
that like should have come up more. Like, I guess I had like some idea like yoga, like, but like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, so we're, we're on the train and she hands me this book and it was called Doubtless Meditation. And it was by her teacher. And like, I flipped open the first few pages and it was essentially about how like as a human being, you just come to expect that like doubt and worry and like all of these things are just like, things that are as if like essential to like living but that like you don't necessarily have to have them and I remember reading that it felt like my mind was blown for a minute it's like like wait what like and then so I read this book and it was at that moment I asked her I'm like wait what am I doing here like what am I about to experience and because we were going to like you know travel around to a few places and eventually go up to where she was living and where Mm -hmm. I am now which is the foothills of the Himalayas Um, and so, so we're, we're traveling and more and more. So then, you know, in the book, it's talking about meditation and like, can you teach me to meditate? And it was so funny because I remember the first night we're trying to meditate. We're like in the hotel. It's like quiet. Like we close our eyes. She like leads me into meditation. And all of a sudden there's fireworks going off because there's actually (laughs) an Indian wedding happening in the hotel. And she's like, we'll save that for another night. But, um, so anyway, we, Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna um, touch a little bit on on a couple of the things you said, if that's okay, because uh, it's really interesting to me. Because you were talking about how um, self doubt or doubt in general, you know, and stress feel essential, and you'd also mentioned um, your peers, you know, almost almost treating how stressed out they could get and how how stressed they could could have their bodies be and their minds be as a badge of honor and I feel like that's really an interesting observation because we I definitely relate to that that resonates with me as part of part of the culture that we're in and it's it's especially cool like I I spent a year in Montreal um so wasn't quite Ontario but I feel like it's really interesting how uh so because I actually am on the island now um, mm-hmm. so like, this is just wild to me for you to mention places that I know so intimately. Um, but, uh, but I just, yeah, like, I, I think that that is very much a part of the culture here. And, and did you already, like, I guess my question is, did it just, as soon as you read it, did you already like, yes, that's true. Like, did you understand that it was a problem before, or did you sort of uncover the problem as you, as you found solutions for yourself? It. Yeah, I would say I started to uncover the the problem as I started to yeah find some of the solutions. Like all of a sudden, it it's almost like you're. I feel like the average person often like your world can be quite small until mm-hmm. you get out of a situation where you're just exposed to like so much new stuff. So for yeah. me, it's like as like a Richmond suburb girl, the first time my world expanded was like going to Victoria mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like meeting lots more people like you're living on your own. And then I moved to Toronto, which is like, you know, compared to Vancouver, like this whole other city, like same with Montreal. It's like, whoa, like mm-hmm. this is awesome. And like your world grows again. But you know, culturally, I was hanging out with like a lot of the same kind of people that like maybe grew up in similar situations than mm-hmm. I did. So it felt like so much of what we thought mm-hmm. was was the same. And then all of a sudden I'm in India and I'm reading this book and it felt like like my world just expanded again because mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like I never even thought to think about this for a moment. It just seemed like, you know, all my parents' friends were stressed at some point. Like it felt like like work and stress and job and life. Like there was just like a certain amount of like overwhelm that just like, mm-hmm. and, and it does like that comes with the human experience. It's just like sure. a, a large amount of it. And I feel like I just, I 
accepted that like, of course that's what like life is. And I never had thought at that point to question like, should I actually be doing anything to maybe potentially combat this? Is there a way to minimize this? I just like accepted that like, this is what it was going to be. But because like, there's also so much joy and beauty to life that surely like, I'll just keep my attention there. And then like the stress and the overwhelm might not be so bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, like, you know, I'm reading this book and I'm like, just like being exposed to meditation, which it was like all of a sudden showing me and telling me like, if you want to work at almost trying to like get rid of this, this is a possibility. Like if you're open to it, like you don't have to carry the burden of like the negative mind. And so, so that just felt like, wow. That's a, that's incredible. And and I guess, so you're talking about the um, the expansion of our worlds and, and I definitely have some experience in that as well, um, especially lately. And it's, it's for me, it's a little bit, I don't want to say uncomfortable, maybe uncomfortable is the right word. It's, it's the biggest thing I've noticed for me personally, and I'm just wondering if you have similar experience with it. Um, I know it was a long time ago now, um, but I'm sure that you continue to have your world expanded even today. Um, But uh, is the, the sense of self gets shaken a little bit and, and identity. And it's really interesting because like identity is a weird thing, you know, I think the mm-hmm. ideal is to just to be and not have to label and identify. But I think that even as, you know, as we get more skilled, that's still something that comes along, you know, we, as we start identifying as someone who doesn't have an identity even, you know, which yeah. is, which is really funny. Um, so can you just like talk a little bit about as those world expanded? I mean, obviously it was a very good thing, but how did you manage those big feelings and those big shifts? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say what was fascinating is as my world expanded and as some of this like knowledge started to come through, Mm -hmm. um, I could see a different identity and like one that felt more true and and pure in a way. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, it's like, I got to get closer and closer to myself. And, and I loved what you said of like, almost like identifying with someone that has no identity, but in <laughs> a way, in a way that's where you can kind of start to move to. I think it's like, there's a trap sometimes. And, and I'm, it's funny. I feel like sometimes it's like almost like a weird paradox in a way, like you want to own your story, but you don't want to own it too much because if you do, then like you can get like so attached to certain narratives that it can keep you thinking that you can't be anything else. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I think that like, if you're not like totally happy with like maybe what your story is or like how you move through the world, you can actually drop that at any moment and like try something else to make it work better for you. Isn't that a wild thing? Like it's, it's, I'm I'm sorry. I know we're, we're, we're still going to go on with your story, but to me, this is the, it's the craziest thing to think that like, like, and, and I mean, you're really the, the embodiment of this. Your story is the embodiment of this, that at any point I could just pack up shop and move to India or I could pack up, like I could just, I could live any life that I want. I mean, especially being, you know, um, like middle-class people from, from Canada, Mm -hmm. you know, like anywhere we go in the world, that privilege is going to follow us. You know, our skin color, all of that is going to follow us. We can do literally anything, you know? And I mean, it's true of other people of other, you know, backgrounds and skin colors too, but even more so for us. And that's such a crazy thing to think is that I could just 
walk out into the forest and make a shelter there and just live there. And like, yeah, I should probably tell my fam because they'd probably be pretty upset. (laughs) But otherwise, there's really no other responsibility that I have to uphold. The responsibilities and the identities that we put on ourselves are part of like an intricate web of, I don't want to say lies because it's not really lies, but it's, it's only upheld by our belief. Definitely. Definitely. And like, I I really see like we're like so much of, I feel like our personality and identity actually comes from what's like imprinted onto us. Like you go Mm -hmm. up and like whatever you're being experienced, whatever you're being told by your parents, like your school friends, like your situation, like so much of like your personality and your identity is something that's like concocted, not necessarily on your own terms all the Mm -hmm. time, but by like outside impression. And, and when you can like start to see that and be like, wait a second, like I didn't actually pick all of this. It's like, yeah, you can drop in, I think. And you're right. Like speaking from a place of privilege, like we, we can have like drastic almost like changes if we so choose to, but I feel like even like, it's definitely accessible to everyone. Like Mm -hmm. if there's parts of like, you know, you, and and I feel like sometimes it can be like coming from like your friends, like, oh, you're the shy one. Or like, you know, your parents will be like, oh, you're the funny one. And then, so you get like used to like, you know, trying to crack the jokes all the time. And then maybe like that transition to school being like the class clown and being disruptive and, and while you're funny, but then it almost like morphed into maybe this other thing. And then you can get to a place and you're like, wait, am I this person? And if that ever comes up, it's like, like you don't have to, like, if Mm -hmm. like, if like that has gone in a direction that like actually doesn't feel authentic to you, or you feel like maybe it brings like a whole bunch of other things that, that don't sit right. Like don't, don't hold on to that just because other people have told you that. And just because you ran with it for a while, like, I mean, you can drop that. Like you don't have to like move to the other side of the world to potentially be like, I don't want to really like wear this as a jacket anymore. It feels like so much of the time, it feels like our personality and our identity is it's like, you've got your jacket. Maybe you've got like these earrings. It's like, take it off, take it off, see how it feels without it. And then if it actually, if you prefer it, put it back on. If you actually like, like the feeling of it, like not being with you, then like, go with that. See, like, you know, move through the world with that and, and just try it out. You know, don't, I, uh, we shouldn't be afraid to just like, feel like, you know, we're just this one person and we have to live this way or have this personality for like, yeah, like our lives have time. been assigned. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. and so what's really interesting about that. And, and I definitely have some experience with exactly what you're talking about, you know, taking off sort of hats that people expect of us and one of my experiences with it and I wonder if yours is similar and we're going to go back I, I promise I do want to hear more about India I just yeah. um <laughs> but one of the uh one of the experiences that I've had is either pitch uh, pushback or people just not like just straight up not believing you that you are you know that you've taken off that hat they're like no no you're just you know you're hiding it but you have that hat still that's Mm. still you you know or they'll they'll say that you're inauthentic because they know you as a different version or they'll say you're crazy for moving to india or or any number of things so do you have a lot of experience with that and can you touch on a little bit about how how you were able to relate to that yeah i i would say i have some um thankfully not so much partially because I think in some ways my world and like my friend circle has always been quite small in a way. And maybe, maybe mm. that helps, but. And your, your aunt like, blazed the trail for you, which is probably also helpful. 
Yeah, exactly. But I think I also, but there, but I have also experienced it, maybe actually even sometimes with family. And what's interesting, actually, and, and this is where it can be hard sometimes when you want to take off that jacket and live without it. Um, and so, I mean, I love my family dearly, like I'm super close to them, but it feels like when I'm not with them, it's like I've, I've spent the last almost a decade working to, to take off some of the things that like don't feel great. But while I've been doing that, I've been away from them. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'll go home and visit them. And it's like their memory of me is either of like their daughter or their sister. Mm -hmm. And like so much of the time we spent and I was a person that I reacted in this way. And then I did that. And so it feels like they just have sometimes an idea of who I am. And then like the longer that I'm with them, it's almost like I can't help but like fight it. And I kind of like fall back into a little bit, like some of like the patterns and, and habits that, that like went along with, you know, kind of like their memory. And so I feel like it can be weird um, in that way. But it's funny. I have also been though, like the root, because I think, you know, my life sometimes can like people like it seems like a cliche you know like the white girl like she goes and like lives in India and I definitely hear it from some people that like I don't know not taking me so seriously all the time um which I find interesting because I feel like I have my life together like in a really big way like <laughs> yeah. I, I have my own business I started from nothing and I'm like running it and I've like found a way to like be like balanced and happy so I, I do hear it and I often hear it's funny, like jokes from other people, like my one friend told me that when she tells them that like her really good friend lives in India, they're like, oh, what happened? Cause she like <laughs> not afford a ticket back to Vancouver or something like that. <laughs> so I feel like there's stuff going around there, but um, for the most part, I don't let it get to me. Cause I think well, you just can't, you know? Well, what's, what's really interesting too, I think about something that you said that, that clicked with me and, and maybe, maybe you weren't trying to say this. That's a weird thing about conversation uh, is two people are having different conversations all the time. Um, <laughs> but one thing that's really interesting that you said is you were talking about, you know, going back into old patterns, been there, hundred percent been there. Um, and when, when that happens, one thing that's cool is that like, I, I think it seemed like you were saying you can just drop it again you know, yeah, is totally. like, is like, it's easy to, it's easy to um, forget that, you know, we get in that mode and we're in, say with me, you know, it's, I'm hanging out with some of the people that I grew up with and, and we, you know, like did a lot of drugs and partied and all that kind of stuff. And so I can be all sort of tough girl and like this, you know, bull crap mm -hmm. thing that I do. Um, and then it's like, you know, and then I start sort of having this like identity crisis. Like I thought I'd move past this and it's like, oh yeah, I did. Okay. And then you're okay yeah. again. And it's weirdly that simple. Totally. Oh, I, I love that you said that. And it's true because I think sometimes there can be like this idea that like when you're working on yourself and you're trying to, you know, change old behaviors and patterns that like you as if have to get it perfect and right the first time you try. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if like that's the idea, like you really set yourself up for failure, but like we're like, you almost have to think of yourself as like a, like a ball of putty in a way mm -hmm. and, and you're molding things and like you make an impression here, but then maybe it doesn't feel right. So you like, you know, change it and, and like, it's fine to, to, to have that happen. And, and like you said, to like fall into something and then just be able to drop it again. And like, I feel like that's all part of the journey in the process. Well, I, I super agree. And I think that there's this weird, um, weird expectation that we put on ourselves and each other for, the idea of consistency. And of course, consistency is important in some areas. I'm not, you know, at all 
saying that consistency is all around bad, but we have this idea that we need to have a consistent sense of self, a consistent presentation of self, um, and a you know consistent uh, life story. You know, like there's been lots of times that I feel weirdly, oddly insecure about my life story and how, you know, I was a church girl and then I was a drug addict and then I was this and then I was that, you know, and I feel really weird about that because it's like, well, that's not, that's not consistent at all. But it's like, people aren't consistent. Like we're just not. Um, But Uh so to go back, okay, so you opened the book, you tried to meditate and there were fireworks. What happened next? (laughs) (laughs) So after that, we... We spent a little bit longer traveling around India and I felt like I was starting to like constantly ask my aunt questions like what where am I going to and then that's when she's like you know we're going to go sit with my teacher and he's going to teach you how to meditate and and there'll be potentially opportunity to ask for questions and things like that and I was like okay and then so all of a sudden I was like so like I was enjoying the whole trip I was also like very excited to 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 get to this place and um so we go and finally, like, you know, a couple of weeks later, we arrive in a state called Himachal Pradesh. And it's like right up in, in the north. And it's like considered like the foothills of the Himalayas where like the town where we were. And um, I had a chance to to meet her teacher and yeah. um, to meet like the, the guru that mm-hmm. was there. And um, it was just a really, really spectacular experience from a whole, a whole bunch of ways. First of all, the hug, I have to talk about this hug because it felt (laughs) like it was like a life-changing hug for me. Um, And it was like the thing that I feel like opened me because I feel like, you know, I was, I had some like bit of bullying here and there, like growing up and like a lot of insecurity. I was definitely made fun of numerous times. And so I think like to some close friends, I was open, but it felt like I definitely was like shut down for mm-hmm. like a lot of my life and like found it really hard to just like, as if like be who I was like authentically, it felt like very few people like knew mm-hmm. that about me. It felt like so much of the time I'd like had all these shields up and, and was like quiet, but it almost felt like I didn't know my voice yeah. at that time to, to speak. And, and with that, I think sometimes came like a lot of loneliness. And then, so I have this hug and it felt like during this hug, it was like as and if the, hug the was whole, with the guru. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it felt like the whole world stopped. And that like in this moment, it was like all the love that had ever existed in the world, like past, present, future was like here in this moment. And then like after the hug, it just like I felt like it was like this experience that just like again like talk about like expanding your mind expanding Mm -hmm. your world and and I feel like it set me up perfectly to then just sit and take in for the next few days because what it partially did was show me like the love is here Mm -hmm. and like of course in that moment like the love is not really coming from anywhere but like within your own heart at that point and it was such a powerful experience to see like look at what is available to feel like look at what you know as a human sometimes in this body we we think we're just a human or just a body and it can be limiting but in that moment it felt like that was such like a divine experience to feel all of this just like love and and joy and and the bliss in a way like we're, Mm -hmm. we're starting to come to bliss and it just felt like wow like this is what 
we're capable of experiencing like never what I've thought while I was like in Toronto, like, you know, pulling my hair out one night, like over a project that was like, you know, it's like, a, it's like 6am and I'm still working on it, like getting ready to go to school at nine, like doubting myself that I've even done something that was right. Like feeling like so broke, like, like just all of that. Like never did I think that like, I'd be able to have an experience like that where it like put into perspective, like, wow, like I've been like holding on to and like focusing on things that kept me small. And in that moment, that love, I just felt like so expanded. Mm-hmm. And so it's and like then, a sneak peek into your potential life. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Especially because I think so much of the time we, we see that like so much love comes from outside of us mm-hmm. that like, like I feel like, feel like self-love and self-care is even though it's like, should be easy. I don't think it is. And so, Mm -hmm. so much of the time, like love comes from our mother or, you know, our family or our friends or, you know, your pet. And like, that's, I think so much of the time, how you can like evaluate as if like your capacity for love or, or sometimes like, you know, you'll love someone, you'll love your partner, your, your, um, yeah, but it's sort of an external interaction. Yeah. And I feel like so much of the time we don't realize that like, there's like this infinite pool of like love within all of us that if we're like, maybe like given an opportunity to, to tap into it, there's so much there, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is so spectacular to, to just think about that. But um, so I, I had this experience and then we spent the next four days kind of just talking to, so this community was there. It's about 150 kind of like expats and, and Westerners who were really into like yoga and meditation and kind of like trekking because we're in the mountains and, and they're here for sitting with this teacher. Okay. And, um, and so while I was there for the four days, I kind of just got to, to sit in and I learned to meditate for the first time. And it felt like and it was interesting. It felt like while I was there, because, you know, there were some Sanskrit words being around. I felt like it was like, you know, brand new sentences that I'd never almost heard. And it's, it's like my, I was hearing or I was listening, but I wasn't actually like hearing with my brain, but mm-hmm. I was hearing with my heart. There was another part of me that could hear what was happening. And it felt like I couldn't fully explain it. But what what was happening is I was just being kind of like exposed to um, kind of like a universal truth that made sense to me for the first mm-hmm. time. It felt like so much of the world I'd grown up in, you know, I, I was, you know, I grew up Jewish and it's not that any of that was bad. It just felt like, you know, where God was and, and some of the faith, it just didn't like totally resonate always with me and, and align. And, and so, and then, you know, that on top of like society and capitalism and like the way that you're supposed to move through the world. And like, it felt like there's just like a lot of ideas and concepts of like how I'd grown up that felt like they didn't align. I tried to make them fit, but like there was, and I didn't even realize I was searching. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm like hearing something for the first time. I was like, yes, like this feels right. Like this feels it. And and I couldn't even fully put into words like what I was I'd like even hearing, but like the, the, the main word, if you could put it, is just truth, like my truth. It felt like mm-hmm. I was hearing like my truth for the first time and that it existed in the world. And there was other people that, you know, also could hear it and agree it, agree with it. And then at that time, that's when I started to understand that there's, you know, all of this amazing Indian and like Hindu philosophy. And, you know, part of what we were studying was Advaita Vedanta, 
which essentially means like non-dual, like one without a second. And okay. So I have a question yeah. about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because duality means a lot of different things to a lot of different mm-hmm. people and depending on context. So when I think of duality, I often think of mind-body duality, which if I if I'm correct, is kind of like, at least my experience with meditation is it's kind of important to meditation to be able to sort of observe secondarily what's happening in your body. So it's not referring to that kind of duality, right? It's sort of the separation from of you from the other is the duality it refers to. It's like a little bit of both. And the way I say that you're like right on, I'd say that like, like that, like that's like one part of it. Like when you're almost like identifying, like just as a human, then like the duality is like the mind and the body wanting to get that. But like in the from the philosophy point of view, it's essentially that. Um, and there's different words you can use, like Brahm or God, but that like God or like universal soul kind of okay. like that is one, and it's like dwells within every being. And yeah, that's, we're like, a part of the without, part of exactly. the whole, and yeah, okay. Exactly. That like, you know, essentially like the world is oneness in a way that there's this big creation mm-hmm. um, and the, the creator and the creation is all one. Okay. That, you yeah. know, and the, the, the divinity is within yourself. Like you're not separate from that. I think that like a lot of religion, it's like there's God and there's you. Mm-hmm. But in like the kind of like non-dualism, it's, it's just God. And like that is, is you. Yeah. And that like the experience, the human experience is as much a part of God. So it's like God is within you and you are within God. It's all one and we separate it out because that's how experience works. But, but it's not, it's not truly separate. Exactly. Is the idea. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me a little bit about your decision to move to India. Did it happen while you were still in India or did you go back and go, oh, I hate this so much? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually, so I I did go back. So I like, my mind was blown four days. I ended up going back to Toronto. It was funny because I remember like the first few days I was back in Toronto and like I arrived in the winter and like, if you spent a year in Montreal, like Mm -hmm. winter is like in Eastern Canada, people in the U.S. know like it is not necessarily like a, a beautiful thing like it was like <laughs> well it's beautiful flush. for a minute and then it's for a yeah. minute I mean like the one nice thing compared to the Pacific coast is like it could be negative 20 but you'll have a blue sky mm-hmm. where like it felt like Vancouver like it just felt like you could have like weeks of grayness <laughs> it could be hot <laughs> and you'd have a gray sky yeah <laughs> yeah totally but um but I, I just remember like coming back is like winter and it was like at that point where like there had been like so much snow that like the snow banks were like super high to the point where like the only way you can cross the road is like right at the crosswalk. Like you can't just jaywalk anywhere. Otherwise you're having to like, you know, walk over like a four foot, like grayish, dirty snowbank because like, <laughs> like all the pollution and there's like, you know, slush everywhere. Yep. And, and like, I was like, went from like being in like a, a t-shirt and like flowy pants to having like my parka again. Yet, even with all that, it felt like there was like a little bit extra sparkle, like things seemed like a bit more like vibrant and it felt like there was just a bit more sparkle. Like you were more awake maybe? Yes, exactly. I didn't know that. I feel like it took me like from that trip to like actually starting to understand what I was experiencing. It took like a few years to even like be able to come up with like the vocabulary and the vernacular to be able to like even express what I had experienced that first time. Um, to me, it was just like, wow, things seem extra shiny. Like I feel different. This is awesome. Like, this is so cool. But part of me, I think was just like, what a great experience. And I was like mm-hmm. riding that high. And then, you know, slowly, slowly, like things kind of like fell down a bit. And then, 
So I'm going back for my second half of third year. And I kind of like the, the way my India visa worked is like I was allowed to like go back like four months later or something. And so I just like threw it out there to my aunt. Like I've got like summer break. It's like four months. Like, can I come visit you again for a month? And she's like, sure. Like, come like, why not? And uh, so I went back after graduation or not graduation after that year for a month and kind of just again, like still had no idea really what was going on. Like I was going, I was like meditating every day. I was like listening to everything. I was like fascinated. But like, if you asked me what was happening, I couldn't really tell you. Like I was like meditating, but like I still wasn't really like, I I just still didn't know so much at that point. Yeah. You were just in the process. So in that time that you went back, um, did you, did you kind of just go right back into the flow of Toronto or did you, did you find yourself, you know, drawn to meditating regularly and doing things like that while you were doing that? Like, were you kind of, was it a transition or was it like a, a back and forth? um, I mean, I, I wish, I wish I had been able to like keep, I, I felt like there was a spark. I felt, okay, what, what happened was um, the inquirer, like that inner, that inner questioner was turned on. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to Toronto, like the meditation, I wasn't able to keep that up. Um, but uh, I became a vegetarian though, almost okay. immediately after that point, because learning about, you know, understanding like the universal soul dwelling in like every living being is that, you know, even all the animals, they're also part of that, you know, divine creation. And so all of a sudden um, I couldn't, I couldn't eat meat anymore or anything like that. I couldn't eat. So I I became a vegetarian and that I maintained Um, and I kept questioning. So all of a sudden, like it felt like the, the, like I was disillusioned by everything all of a Mm -hmm. sudden my like life what I was like working for and I all of a sudden started like before I went to like considered myself like a like a seeker or someone that was really searching Mm -hmm. and then after I came back so like well I wasn't meditating really I was like thrown back into school like working hard I started to question me like is this what I want is there something more like what am I really doing is this what I want so I'd say like that kind of like kicked in um and then that kind of like, and that's why I think I want to go back again for another month. I'm like, I need to go back. Like, what, what did I experience? Like, what was that? And so I went back for a month and again, like, I'm just like there immersed in it, but I'm also having a really good time. So I was like caught between like the experience of like being in a foreign country for the summer and like hiking and trekking and walking around while also meditating, but like also being like a young, you know, 23 year old or something. So like Mm -hmm. so much newness, you know, like I feel like at that time in your life, you're not totally ready to like be like, I am ready to like have all this like self growth. And I want to like start like realizing like all of this stuff. Like, I feel like you're like your early twenties, especially it's like the world is being like thrown at you. Very experimental. oh my God, experimental. You're trying to figure things out. You're having like new friends different from like, you know, like what you grew up with. It's just, there's so much. And I feel like it's hard to like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's just hard to make sense of a lot, but I knew that I like, I liked this place. I was having a good time. I liked what I was hearing. I just wanted a little bit more. So I spent a month there. I came back to Vancouver after that. And um, some of the people that were in India had to come get their visa that year and so one of my friends, Zach, who then became my business partner and, and now my boyfriend and partner, we've been together for a while. Um, he came, thank you. Yeah. He came back for that summer and I got to spend like, you know, every day with him for, for months and, 
And so within that, I got to ask him about his experience because he grew up here. His mm-hmm. parents brought him here when he was three years old. So wow. he, yeah, so he spent his whole life here. So I got to just like, you know, ask him so much and, and become friends and it. He had just like a totally different like life experience. I found it fascinating. So, so that was really exciting for me. But then, you know, end of summer came and I had to go back to Toronto to, to finish my last year um, of school. And I did, but then partway through, like before I graduate my aunt, I get a phone call or an email from my aunt. She's like, look, like I have to come back and redo my visa this year. Like, do you want to come take care of my dog? Like after you graduate, I'll pay for your trip, everything. You come to India, you take care of my dog. And, you know, how does that sound? And I was like, yes, like, of course, that sounds amazing. And um, so there I am just kind of like, and it was interesting because it was at that moment where I feel like I wasn't like totally aware of it, like consciously, but there was part of me that knew, like, I think this might be it because I was like part of an art, like studio collective and, I was like packing up my space there and they're like, are you sure you want to give up your spot? Like if you give it up, like it might not, like, you know, it's going to be, it might not be here when you get back. Exactly. And it was, they're like, why don't you just sublet it? Like, why don't like, why, why are you packing up fully? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I need to, I feel like I just need to like put it all essentially in a box. And I'm so happy I did because there was part of me that knew like, like you found your truth girl. Like you found where you need to be at least for now. And, And I remember also being at my grad show, there was like this company that came up to me, the studio. They're like, so what are you doing now? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to India for a couple months, but then I'll be back. And, you know, then they're like, cool. Like, when you get back, you know, like look us up, come for an interview. So even like at this point, I still think I'm going to like just go to India for the summer and then like come back to Toronto and like get on with my life of like being like a creative in the city kind of thing. And, um, and so I get to India And again, like I'm having a great time taking care of this dog. Like we're going to the river. It's like full of like beautiful experiences with, of course, like meditation and this philosophy um, works into it. And well, actually at that point, Zach had a girlfriend. So so we were friends. It it took, like, I think it was, I think maybe like three or four years until we finally got together. Um, Oh, that's, oh, I'll lead up to that. Cause that's a great story. A little side story involves a fire. But, um, <laughs> so, so I'm, so I'm in India, I've taken care of this dog. My aunt comes back. It's like the end of the summer. I've had a great time. Um, and, and I'm loving it. And I think part of it was like the rest from like, just like the school and like university, I think is crazy what I feel like college and university kids go through. Mm-hmm. And then like so much of the time, the expectation is like, and I mean, unfortunately for most people, we have loans that you have to pay back. So it's not like you, like most people are, you Able know, given pick the luxury. Up and go. Yeah. Like pick up and go or go and like travel forever. It's like, you got to go get a job. You have to pay like your loans down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, lo- like almost like looking at the calendar, like six months is coming up. I got to start even like paying my loan down. Like, what am I going to do? But it was, I felt so, rested by having space of like just like getting out of the situation and and so my aunt you know she's back and we're like looking at plane tickets and she's like well what are you going to do now are you going to go back and I'm like oh I should like I don't know she's like do you have anything to go back to and I said (laughs) no and I said it so easily I was like no I don't she's in why don't you stay a bit longer and I was like yeah like why not like why don't I just stay and so I ended up saying and I'm still here. And it kind of like the trip just kept getting like extended and extended and extended. And then it was like, you know, around January or February, 
um, I guess like 20, 2013 or something, I was like, okay, if I want to stay here, like I have to start paying my loan back. Like I have to figure out a way to make money. Like the only way I can stay here is if I make money. And Zach at that time had been like learning like HTML and like CSS with, um, you know, someone that was like teaching him. And I went to him, I'm like, I, like, I, I hear of this thing called WordPress. If you mm-hmm. learn it, you can make websites. Like I can design them. Like maybe we can team up and like start a business. And that's exactly what we did. That's and fantastic. Yeah. So we started this business, like this little studio and that allowed me to stay there, which was great because I would say it wasn't until like the end of that year that I finally started to get an understanding about like what was going on. And I finally could start to like grasp some of the concepts about what I was learning. And I started to get this language and I was able to like engage with people. And it felt like I had found my voice almost Mm -hmm. like for the first time. Like I felt like I was all of a sudden being like given this knowledge to, to actually be able to express my truth in like a different way. I thought that my truth was like limited to just my experiences as like who I thought was like an individual, like moving through the world. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden I was given like a truth that was um, universal and, and was not limited to just like the human body. And that Mm. felt like so liberating. And, and then from there, and and that's what's kept me here, the desire to keep unfolding this wisdom and to keep unfolding the knowledge and to learn more about who, like what it means to be a human in the world and what it also means to know yourself is not just confined to this body to understand the mind and the, uh, see it as a tool that you have to try and figure out a way to work with you mm-hmm. and try as much as possible not to have it work against you but to <laughs> also know that you're so much greater than your mind like I feel like we just think like our mind is like completely in control of us and that's like, <laughs> what leads us through life and it can be if you let it But I mean, that's the beautiful thing about meditation. All of a sudden you learn like, hey, I can like learn to see that there's separation. Yeah, I can learn to zoom out. and Exactly. And like the minute you can zoom out, all of a sudden it feels like, again, like like the world is like a ball of putty that you can like mold and, and have it like, you know, try and fit you instead of feeling like you're a victim to life. All of a sudden you're like, this is my creation. This is a game. Let's play now. Like, let, like, what can we do to play? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I really do want to hear your story about the fire. Um, okay. But then I want to play a game with you and okay. also hear more about your business and, and where other people could find it. So Absolutely. first, please tell me the fire story because I'm amped. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so for my aunt was starting to go back every year to see mm-hmm. my grandmother in Vancouver and spend okay. the summer with her. So the thing was I would go and like stay in her house. At that point, I didn't have a house of my own. I just kind of like was like renting this small one and then she'd leave. And then I'd go like move into her place, which was amazing with like this huge <laughs> garden. Um, and, uh, so that's where I'd like spend my summers. And, so one summer we had gone into like the end of the summer, I had my friend Bobby who came from um, like Vancouver, Toronto to then Australia. And then she came in, like, she was also searching. She's like, I just need something different. I was like, come Dingia, come join me. And so <laughs> she came and she like spent a summer there. And also like to this day, she keeps coming and she's coming back soon to live here as well. And nice. yeah, it's, it was, it's been beautiful. But um, so we're, she spent the whole summer with me. We had a great time we're having a farewell dinner. And so at this point, Zach, you know, we're still not together. Um, He's had this girlfriend, Shruti, who I was friends with too, who's, you know, this really beautiful person. And um, 
we are, we're having a farewell dinner for Bobby. She's leaving like the next day and we're just like laughing, sitting around a table. And all of a sudden I get this phone call and I get it from this, uh, from a friend. And she's like, you know, like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, we're at Zach's having a good time. She's like, there's like a fire. There's a fire at the house. Like there, like there's sparks. There's a fire. I was like, haha, like, wait, what? And she's <laughs> like, Chaitna's house is on fire. And that's your aunt? Yeah, my aunt. And so we like Zach and I, we like, he like lives maybe like five minutes away from where she was. So we run out the door. It's monsoon time in India. So it's like, you know, raining, it's crazy. And we're like turning the corner and on on the way there, I call, um, or uh, this other guy called me and he kind of manages like some of like the local construction of like some of the expat houses and stuff like that. And I was like, what do we do? Like, and then he's laughing. He's like, there's nothing we can do. Like to give some context, like we live like a couple hundred feet up on like the mountainside, like we're in rural India and like, well, there's absolutely infrastructure. It's like a small town here. Um, I guess like even like the heart of where we are, there's like a, almost like a little city at this point so it's like there's like shops and there's like some restaurants and like the house no fire are, station no fire station well <laughs> oh not goodness. like a typical one so he's like there's nothing we can do so we we turn the corner and as we turn the corner like literally we see like just like a 30 foot almost like ball of fire like the house is completely engulfed in flames at this oh my point goodness. and I was like oh we were like oh my god so we, we go up we're we're standing across from the house like all like the neighbors have come around. There's a whole bunch of people standing there. And um, literally like at that point, like all my computers were in that house, like all my cameras, all my hard drives. And this was so like, you know, I've been like a broke college student for so long. And Zach and I were like, we are having this business. Like we need to have Dropbox. We need to put everything online. Like we're starting to get like stuff, like hard drives, like aren't reliable enough. And we're like, okay, on Wednesday, I think this happened on like, like a Saturday, like on Wednesday, like we're getting paid from that client. Like, like, let's use it to buy Dropbox and we'll back up everything. So like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, like (laughs) I have like my backups on hard drives in the same place as my computer. So like, that was also like, I'm just seeing, it felt like I was like looking at that fire and seeing like my life and like someone I knew like burn down to, to the ground. And it's like, as a creative person, it felt like I was defined by like all of my work in a way, like all this like mm-hmm. art, all this stuff. And like so much of your identity gets like wrapped up in these things. And, and even like your clothes, all my clothes were burning. Like the joke that we had after was like, if I had known the fire, like there was going to be a fire that night, I would have worn a different outfit. So I was wearing <laughs> just like, you know, black leggings, like this shirt. I was like, I can't believe this is the only outfit I have left. And it just felt like everything that I had like constructed to that point was burning down and, there's a, a scripture, um, which is like sacred in India. It's called the Gita. And there's a bunch of verses in there. Well, there's like a, it's a spectacular book. It's about kind of like a, a battle. Um, and it, as if it appears, it's between, you know, two families or one, one main character in all of his family. But really, um, on like, if you zoom out, it's about the battle of like the mind and, and the self and the, the inner mm-hmm. battle of the person. And there's uh, some verses in chapter seven and, one, and and a couple of the lines are essentially like, you know, like the self can not be wet by water. It cannot be cut by a sword and it cannot be burnt by flames um, or burnt <laughs> by fire. And so I, I knew the Sanskrit to this. And so I just started singing it 
and I'm singing it as I'm watching this house burn. And it felt like such a powerful moment because I could see in that moment that your identity and, and who you are as a person, like it has nothing to do with anything outside of yourself. Like yeah. you think it does, but like really like all you have, like, you know, you come into this world without anything and you leave the same way and you can like, if you want, like take some of this stuff with you and pile it on. But the truth is like, it's not who you are, like none of it is. And so it felt like so liberating in that moment to have like everything just like taken away from me um, and to be free to like see, see the blessing in it in a way. And again, okay. And so here's where I have to like check my privilege in that, like, like it's definitely not the case for everyone. Sometimes like fires happen and it can be like spectacularly tragic, especially when like, you know, like you're a family and like you're living a house and like you're there with like your kids and your belongings, like, especially like in a Western country to start over after something like that. Like if I had like been watching like maybe like an apartment or a house burn, like in Toronto, like would my reaction have been like the same? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. I hope it is. But I also want to like acknowledge that like, Fires aren't purifying for everyone. I was for lucky sure. that it was for me. But and I um, think I just just really quickly, just something really yeah. interesting that comes to mind when you say that. So I think that that's that's super important to acknowledge. And I think it's it's equally important to remember that acknowledging good that comes from bad is not the same as condoning bad. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyways. Absolutely. Um, so wow, what an incredible story. Yeah. Uh, and then so... So, so, so from that fire, all of a sudden I have no house, right? And then, so Zach, he's been my best friend. I just want to say like, I never made a move on him the entire time (laughs) we were friends. But uh, so anyway, he, he had this big house with an extra bedroom. A lot of the houses that we live in here, they're quite small. They're almost made for one person because they're almost like for, like for yogis, for meditation, like Mm -hmm. it's not about like excess and having so much. It's about like having, you know, like you know, nice houses, but that can like support your, your practice. Um, Mm -hmm. but he had like been living in a house that was a bit bigger because it was initially like built for a family. And so he had this extra room. So I'm like, can I, can I come live with you? He's like, of course. So I move in with him. And while I was living there, it felt like all of a sudden there was just something that was kind of like working between us. And again, I feel like I was like super respectful. Um, and then, but then like over time, we're just like, wait, like this is, I think this is something here. And, uh, so he ended up breaking up with Shruti and, and that's kind of when we got to together and yeah. So it was like, it was, uh, that fire, it's funny. Like it burned down so much of my life, part of his, but then like from that came, like this whole new like a phoenix situation. from the ashes yeah because i mean i don't know if anything would have happened if i hadn't moved in and all of a sudden it's like we felt like like we were it was almost like we were always dancing as we were moving through the house and it felt like it was just like a a perfect pairing in that way where it felt like so effortless and easy and and so that yeah. is a beautiful story <laughs> and it leads fantastically to my next question and that is if someone wanted to work with you and Zach and and create you know beautiful websites uh how how might they do that how could they find you yeah they can check us out at superfine.design and because it's like similar to my last name it's spelled f-e-i-n so super f-e-i-n dot design and yeah, we're a creative kind of like web and branding studio. And I say our specialty is like working with people who really want to like 
strive to be different and strive、mm-hmm. to stand out. And like, we really want to help people. Like, I think, especially now more than ever, like, do whatever you need to to like find your voice and like show up in the world in a way that feels good to you. And like, Don't worry about what other people are do- like doing. Like, I feel like there's a tendency to like, want to look around and be like, oh, they're doing something really well. We should yeah, do、compare. that. And, yeah. And so for us, like, we want to work with people who are like, ready to just like, be like, I want to find my voice. I want to find what feels good for me. And I want to be creative and just like, you know, show up for my brand and my business in like the best way that I can. And we want to help people do that. That's fantastic. And are you guys on social media or anything as well somewhere? Yeah, we, we have Instagram. I say like we don't update it very often,、um, but we have a website, which is great and showcases our work there. And I say、fantastic. that if people ever want to get in touch, just shoot me an email. I feel、Sounds、like、good. I'm always happy to, to go back and forth there. And you're just a delight to talk to. So are you actually, We can play the game we originally talked about, or、yeah. I have、okay. a, an alternative idea. Is、okay. there a lot of English slang in your area? Like English words, but they're slang, like we, I wouldn't recognize them.、Um, I don't know.、Mm, I would say like they're, they're more like Hindi words that I know at this point. Oh,、Some、okay. Them, but, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll do the original one. I just <laughs> thought, you know, since you're in、yeah. a different place, maybe. Okay. So, we are going to guess some New Zealand slang from、okay. kaitiaki.co.nz.、Um, okay. So, I just say that because I like to give credit where it's due, you know?、Um, <laughs> so, we'll start off with something. I don't know if it's easy.、Uh, what's a dairy? A dairy. Like, how is it spelled? Like D A I R Y? Y, yeah. Okay.、Um, It might like something to do with the cows, like a cow farm, or wait, is that you would think,、vehicle? right? You would think, but no.、Uh, ice cream shop, ice cream shop, maybe it's a、no? corner store, uh, like a, a general store. store. Okay, okay, close. Okay, that makes sense, totally makes sense, uh, yeah, to me. <clears throat> but, uh, okay, so what is a dunny? A dunny, a hat, I don't know, it's a toilet, a toilet, okay. Oh, hey, this says that A is New Zealand slang. What do you as a Canadian think A means? <laughs> <laughs> I use A all the time. I don't even mean to. Yeah, it's, it's the like, same, basically. It's、totally. don't you agree? It's yeah,、uh, yeah. like, it's nice weather, eh? <laughs> A, yeah. <laughs>、um, okay, what does yonks mean? Yonks. Oh, God.、Um. Like another like, greeting of some kind? Apparently, it means forever, which forever. is wild to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do two more. Okay.、Um, do you know what wop wops are? Wop wops? Are they like an animal of some kind? No, it's not. It's, none of them are intuitive, which, was, which <laughs> makes it so fun. <laughs> or not to、a、us. Wop wop? Yeah.、Um, I could use it in a sentence and you'd get it for sure. Okay. It'd be like, oh, her place is out in the wop wops. Oh, in the boonies? Yeah, it、like、means the, the boonies. boonies. Yeah, yeah.、Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, last and maybe least, I, I mean, I don't know,、uh, is jandals. Jandals. Is it like similar to like dungarees, like, like the overalls, maybe?、Uh, no, it's the flip flops or, or thongs. 
Okay. <laughs> Which I, I always laugh whenever someone calls them thongs because I am a child. <laughs> um, this has been so, so much fun. Is there anything you want to add before I say goodbye? No, I mean, thank you so much for, for having this and, and for hosting it and let me share my story, which, yeah, I mean, it's funny, like the word bliss didn't come very up much, but I guess like you could say like that's the theme of the, the, the story is finding, finding my bliss and like finding mm-hmm. a place where I got to discover it, unfold it and, and now live it. So I love that you have this podcast and like that's what you're exploring and, and it's been so great. Uh, chatting with you you're a great great interviewer you really know how to like keep the conversation going so oh, thank, you. thank you thank you so much that's that's so kind and I really appreciate you coming on and spending your time I mean especially so late at night spending your time talking to me and sharing your incredible adventure and the lessons and and uh and ideas that you learned along the way it, it's very helpful to not just me but hopefully other people as well um mm-hmm. so thank you and to my audience I love you bye Thank you.